Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio family, good morning and welcome once again. Another weekend is here and so is the weekend edition of Community Focus. It is always great company with you, members of our Community Focus listening audience. And of course, Radio family, another fine opportunity to engage in conversation, particularly with members of our Community Focus family. We add two more to that, as I want to say good morning to both Daryl Sawyer and Sharice Moore. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Good morning. We're fine. I'm good. Excellent. Wonderful to have you both on board. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Now, we're going to get into the particulars with introducing you as far as what you do for a living, so to speak. But I wanted to particularly thank both of you because this will be an opportunity, even though the conversation has gone in a different direction the, the last few weeks certainly want to redirect and bring the conversation back to the importance of not just COVID-19 and the direct and indirect impact that this pandemic has had on us as communities, but I also wanted to equally add to the conversation, Daryl and Sharice, with the help and expertise from the two of you being with the Winston-Salem Fire Department, the importance of everyday safety. And particularly when we talk about events as we are in the really early beginnings of the summer season. And for many, it's usually around holiday time. And we think about grilling out and being with family and friends, even though the arrangements for that are probably going to be a little bit different in light of COVID-19. It's the fact that we also want to incorporate as many safety tips around those two and really just everyday occasions to keep our families as safe as possible. So again, I want to thank both of you as newbies, which you really aren't because we're just a couple of minutes into the program. So Daryl and Sharice, you're officially family. Welcome to the Community Focus family. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, with that said, and this is where the two of you can begin in conversation with me, what is for both of you your positions at the Winston-Salem Fire Department and what does each of your roles entail? Daryl, do you mind if ladies go first? Ladies first. (laughs) I know Sharice is like, okay. Yeah, thank you. But as a division chief in the Winslade Fire Department, we are part of our administrative, um, um, our administration. We are on an eight to five schedule, but we are also the uh, top tier of a shift of the boots on the ground. So direct and manage um, about 110 people each on wow. a given day 
uh, that's actually doing the work uh, on our apparatus and uh, taking care of our community from a fire perspective. Uh, we also, from that administrative level, uh, developing policies, projects, working on projects, mm-hmm. programs, and just trying to help with the fire chief's message uh, in getting to our boots on the ground and the community exactly um, who we are and taking care of our community. So that's what I feel for me, and I am also division chief over training, which um, gives me the opportunity to orchestrate recruit classes and training that we offer and keeping up with uh, the requirements, the continuing education that uh, our people have to have mm-hmm. uh, to continue to do what we do. That so is... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ms. Cherise. Please, please finish. I know that's pretty much what I feel that I do on a daily basis to assist and be a part of this uh, great team of this fire department. Well, Ms. Cherise, I only have one word to say after that, and that is, wow, you have quite the job. Daryl, I think you can concur on all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Uh, I can't. Pretty much the same for you in that position. Right. We, she's my counterpart. Um, I'm one of, we are two or three division chiefs in the department. Um, we're the shift commanders of our prospective platoons or shifts. As she stated before, each platoon is comprised of roughly 110 personnel who operate out of 19 fire stations. Um, we're responsible for the daily operations of the fire department. We make sure that personnel have the tools, equipment, and training necessary to perform their duties. Uh, we write policy and ensure consistency between the three platoons. Mm-hmm. Um, she's aligned with the training division. I'm aligned with the logistics. So that's the, the equipment, the buildings, the fire trucks, uh, procurement uh, of supplies and, and, and uniforms, et cetera. Wow. So I think it, it goes to show for both of you, you have pretty weighty responsibilities, each one of you. Absolutely. Never a dull moment. Yeah, I was going to... How do you know I was going to say that, Daryl? You just took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> but when you mention how each of you have 110 personnel in terms of staff or members, that's pretty incredible. And even more so, and, and Daryl, I'm, I'm going to pick on you on this in that we were just discussing this before we got on air. I wanted you to share something that is actually a little known black history fact about oh. Division Chief Sharice Moore, she's pretty much a, a history maker as well, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Division Chief uh, Moore, she is a history maker. Uh, she, she's my colleague. Uh, we, we work very closely together, her and um, Division Chief Bobby Wade. But um, one thing about Chief Moore is that she was the first uh, African-American uh, fire captain within the city of Monsanto Fire Department. Beautiful. She's also the first battalion chief with the department and in her current role, she's the first division chief uh, within the fire department. That is excellent. That really is history making. Well, Ms. Cherise, how does that make you feel? Well, um, I am a non-traditional firefighter, so I didn't um, think or feel that I would be the first of anything when I came here. Right. Uh, So now I was the first um, female black captain I was a little stunned, um, especially when I came in in 99. It's like, wow, and our department was already um, uh, 95 years of being old. So, and our first female was hired back in 1974. So I was a little shocked. 
Yeah. That I come ninety nine and I'm the first black female to reach those um you know uh the, the, that level. So my work is also being done with trying to get folks that look like me uh, more into this wonderful profession. Yes, so, absolutely. That, that, that. And and I am pretty certain, Sharice and, and Daryl, that by the time we come to the conclusion of this conversation, especially a little later on in the program, I really want to get into the specifics of recruiting and giving each one of you the opportunity to share with our our radio family what it takes to become a fire person because both male and female. And that makes me think, Sharice, this typically has been for a number of years before you came to the department. It was largely a male-dominated department, but given the role that you take on a daily basis, not only is it history-making, but I can just imagine all of the young women especially the young girls of color who are listening to this conversation, listening to this interview and thinking that if Division Chief Sharice Moore can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. So congratulations on on being a history maker. And I'm certain that you will not be the only one going forward. Now, with that said, if I can ask of each of you before we go to our first break of the morning, how long have each of you been with the Winston-Salem Fire Department? I've been with the fire department um, for 18 years, 19 years in October. And I've been with the department for 21 years. Okay, so you really are companions in more ways than one. You got each other's backs. Absolutely. Yeah, she thinks she's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so, only because I have to be at times. I was going to say, Sharice, just tell them you are. <laughs> but in a good way. It's in a loving way without question. Well, I have really loved the first half of this conversation, Daryl and Sharice, and getting to know both of you a, a little bit more, especially in your incredible roles as the division chiefs with the Winston-Salem Fire Department, 110 plus personnel, and you say as many as 19 departments. That's correct? Right. Well, that you oversee. 100 that we oversee. So we, we have about 370 personnel within our wow. fire department. But you break it down between the three shifts and the yeah. administrative personnel. Uh, boots on the ground, we average about 110 a day. Well, let me just ask you this uh, out of curiosity. Have you all been, and, and this, of course, this is before pre-COVID-19, have you all gathered together with that many as a group on any particular occasion? We never gathered together okay. as a group. I was going to say, Even where would you go to house 300 plus personnel or people or staff? And, and, and now with COVID, you know, we do virtual meetings via Zoom. Right. Uh, conference. Uh, you, you know, we make sure that we social distance. And, uh, Absolutely. I'm asking, you know, we, we, we comply with CDC recommendations and right. also the executive orders of our, of our politicians. And thank you for doing that, because certainly the example with we, which we rather as communities follow, really literally come from the top. And in certain cases, we haven't seen that example exemplified in a lot of ways. But thank you both and really your entire departments for doing what you do to ensure the safety of others and the fact that you do it within house with one another, because that really sets the precedent that if we see others that are trying to really ensure the safety of others, it's, it's kind of like a domino effect. We, we really, especially in these 
pressing times, we have to come together as community and to help each other as much as we possibly can. So I really appreciate what both of you do because you really do fall in that category of what we call essential workers. So thank you for being the first responders that you are and really putting your lives on the line for us. I really do appreciate that. Enjoy doing it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I tell you, time does fly when we get through the first half of the show. So, Daryl and Sharice, can you do me this favor? Can you stick around for the next remaining minutes of the program? Yes, ma'am. We'll be here. Excellent. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back again. We're going to learn more not only about the Winston-Salem Fire Department, but I also wanted to get into the particulars about the changes for the staff and personnel that have taken place in the wake of COVID-19. And I touched on this a little bit, Sharice and Daryl. There are two major events that likely find people really on the grill. So I also want to get into the particulars of the importance of fire safety. So we'll make that part of our next conversation when we do return. And to thank you, Radio Family, for your great company. Always, you are right here with me, Renee Vaughn, and I appreciate it. So we will return. There is more of the weekend edition of Community Focus, and we'll be back right after this break. And we do officially return more of the weekend edition of Community Focus heard Saturday and Sunday mornings here at our intercom stations. Great company with you, Radio Family, and certainly great company with the newest members of our Community Focus family. And they both happen to be division chiefs with the Winston-Salem Fire Department, Sharice Moore and Daryl Sawyer. Rejoin me, Renee Vaughn, and thank you both for doing so. As we do continue in, in conversation, and I was touching on this before the commercial break, I wanted to to, as we continue our conversation, our great conversation, by the way, what changes for your staff and personnel have taken place in the wake of COVID-19? Okay, so, um, you know, prior to COVID, our top priority was, has always made ensure that the, the safety of our first responders, uh, we have to stay healthy and safe in order to, to serve the citizens of our communities. Right. When, when COVID-19 began in March, you know, we, we tweaked our existing policies to incorporate uh, the recommendations of the CDC and um, in addition to social distancing and required masks to be worn, um, we, we beefed up our stockpile of PPE. We implemented pre and post shift employee screening and temperature checks. We allowed non-essential administrative personnel the option to work from home. Mm-hmm. And we also um, revised our policies that address exposure reduction and decon procedures. And as stated earlier, you, you know we do uh, virtual meetings right. via Zoom to prevent you know the, the gatherings of. Uh, of large groups. Exactly. Now, let me let me interject there, there, Daryl. How how was when you think about getting a little more adjusted? How was it when you had that very first Zoom meeting with your personnel? Because Zoom for a lot of us was a brand new concept for a lot of us that work within the corporate world or we work for a major company. That was something that, you know, if you had asked us, what is this like maybe five or 10 years ago, we were like, what is Zoom? So so how has making that adjustment and meeting virtually been for you over the last three to four months? It's been a bit of a, an adjustment. Uh, yeah. Here in the fire department, we, we used to use a, a similar program called GoToMeeting. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. We got that like a, a few years back. So the Zoom concept wasn't totally new because of, of GoToMeeting. So right. um, it, it's just incorporating into our daily uh, operations. That, that, exactly. Before it was hit or miss, now it's routine. I mean, it's a day didn't go by where I may have uh, two, three meetings via Zoom because that's wow. the world we're living in now. Exactly, exactly. So now it's it's become the norm, just, just as with everything else you do on a regular basis. Right, right. Exactly. Sharice, any, any additional feedback on that? No, I think he was spot on with that. I think he was too. Thank you for that. 
Now, here's the other thing that I talked about, too, before we went to our first break for the morning. I think of summertime and I think of the upcoming holidays and not just the ones for where we are currently, you know, when we incorporate uh, or when people who do have activities to engage in Fourth of July. We think of uh, Labor Day. We think of Memorial Day, just to name a few. And summertime and the holidays are just two of the major events that likely find more people on the grill because we're into those summer months. And especially given that the majority of people have been quarantined. They've had no place to go, but from one side of the house or one end to the other. So what are some of the important safety measures to take into consideration, whether they want to use charcoal or even propane? Okay, so uh, first of all, whether it's propane and charcoal grills, uh, they should be used outside. Right, um, exactly. That's a no-brainer, but uh, trust me. We, we respond to calls uh, for carbon monoxide poisoning and, and smoke inhalation because individuals have attempted to uh, light their grills inside. Right. Um, some other things to consider is that uh, grills should be at least 10 feet away from homes, deck railings, and um, not under eaves and overhanging branches. Okay. So you need to make sure you have plenty of distance from, from, from a house. Right. Also, you should keep children and pets at least three feet away from the grill area. Mm-hmm. Also, it's important that you keep your grill clean and remove excess grease and fat prior to uh, lighting your grill. Because that, that also causes. Thank you for mentioning that, Daryl. What's the proper way to dispose of the grease once you get it off the grill? So, of course, you'll probably need to let the grill cool off. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> this is true. Just, I, 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 I would scrape, and then they have a uh, you know commercial uh, grill cleaners that you can spray on and right. hose off. In most cases. And the re- and the only reason I didn't necessarily mean to put you on the spot, the reason I say that because I think sometimes we just have the tendency to say, for instance, just dump it down the drain, maybe even flush it down the toilet. I don't know. It's just, it's just these kind of wild out there kind of thoughts where sometimes we just don't really look into the consideration of how dangerous that can be. One, it could clog up your major pipes, making it Absolutely. difficult to do other things that, that are necessary around the house. But it's just the importance of disposing of it just as properly as you would when taking the safety measures if you do decide to grill at this particular time of the year. Right. One of the most important things, and this goes, uh, this plays in line with cooking in the house also, mm-hmm. never leave your grill unattended. The same as if you're in the house cooking, you should never uh, leave your food on the stove unattended. Uh, right. House Cooking fires is the major cause of fires in the United States. So mm. just make sure that you, you keep an eye on it because you never know um, when something unexpected is going to happen. That's, that's, that's an excellent point. And thank you for that, because I had often wondered for the two of you, and not just as a div- division chiefs with the Winston-Salem Fire Department, when you co- if you were to compile a list of what the most common causes of, of everyday house fires are, I don't think a lot of us would, would maybe typically not think of cooking fires as being at the top of the list. Right, because... Just about every residence in the United States has a stove. So exactly. Pretty much everyone is cooking. So the likelihood of a fire happening because of cooking is very high just due to the sheer numbers. Very true. And even in some workplaces, there perhaps is the, the possibility, even though we don't have stoves per se, there's still microwave ovens and there's still a lot of electrical equipment that could uh, possibly spark 
uh, a fire that can get out of control in some places, if not known what to do. On that, uh, Daryl or Sharice, uh, uh, rather, feel free to, to answer this question for me if you can. How important in situations, in speaking of making a comparison between residential and, say, commercial or business places, of having a, and the word just escaped me, what is it? Thank you. Thank you, Sharice. Yes. Smoke alarms and detectors. It's very, very important. Um, Smoke alarms and smoke detectors, sometimes the word is used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Um, Residential, it is a smoke alarm because it is alerting the occupant. But those uh, appliances are designed um, to alert and give the occupant time to get out of the uh, structure of the facility. So when they're not there and then something happens, then they they don't get that notification. Mm -hmm. But it's an automatic uh, type thing that should happen if that um, appliance is used and uh, has been put up correctly. So we do stress the part that not only should you have a smoke alarm, Mm -hmm. but you have to make sure that it's uh, properly. And also every, you know, we say every six months, that you should be uh, checking mm-hmm. that apply um, to make sure it is operating correctly. And, and Sharice, that's an excellent point because I, I think sometimes we have a tendency to forget that as being one of the most important things. And I even remember this uh, being stressed, whether we learned this perhaps when we had a visit from personnel or someone to come to our school or some type of uh, demonstration in which we would go out and we would hear from a, a lot of persons who are part of the fire department, the importance of checking those batteries, too. Yeah. We like to, uh, a good reminder is change your batteries and check your batteries uh, when you change time. In, in, in the spring and point. fall, when time changes, that, that, that's right. a good time to change the batteries. Three out of five fire deaths result in fires in the home. Mm-hmm. There's no smoke alarm or working smoke alarms. So a lot of people have them in right. their homes. Yes. But if you don't check them and make sure that the batteries are working or mm-hmm. the wiring is proper, then you might as well not have it at all. So it, it, it's very important that you have a, a working smoke alarm in, in the house. And Excellent. to ensure that it's working, you need to check it, you know, at least twice a year or more. And that's an excellent point to pass along uh, to our listening audience and radio family, uh, Daryl and Sharice. I really appreciate that. Now, in in most homes, is is typically one smoke alarm best or is it good to have more than one somewhere situated in the house? It's good to have uh, a smoke alarm in each bedroom and in each hallway on, and on each level of your home. So if you have a three-story home, then you need at least three in a hallway. But okay. one smoke alarm in each sleeping area, and I would have a smoke alarm uh, just outside the kitchen. Excellent. And if it's, and if it's a new existing home, mm-hmm. that is, um, that's automatic. That is the, um, the law. Uh, to have those smoke alarms in every bedroom, every level, uh, and in the hallways. So that's going to be there when you when you move in. You know what, Sharice, you just taught me something, and I never really considered that as, as a thought. How important and, and how wonderful that is in the case, because when I think about particularly homeowners like myself that live in an older home, that was something that wasn't an amenity, as they call it, that came with the house. That was something that hopefully the homeowner would have the responsibility at some point in adding, especially if they had family members. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yes. Wonderful. It is the weekend edition of Community Focus. Thanking you, Radio Family, so much for your wonderful company and, of course, the company of members of our Community Focus family. And joining us again this morning, Daryl Sawyer and Sharice Moore, both are division chiefs with the Winston-Salem Fire Department. You guys are doing a phenomenal job as we continue in our conversation this morning. Now, you each touched on this a little bit at the beginning of our public affairs program, but for those who may just be joining us, I wanted to go back over, do firefighters work a typical nine to five or five day a week work schedule? Give us a breakdown again, particularly for the two of you. Sure. So our boots on the ground that we call them, that when the dispatch comes in Mm -hmm. or the alarm comes in that jumps on the apparatus and go and help our folks, um, they work a 24 hour shift. They come in at 0730 in the morning, then they get off the next morning. Then we have another wave of people that come in that morning right? um, and work 24 on, and then they have two days off. For our administration, which uh, Chief Sawyer and I are, we work a 8 to 5 schedule Monday through Friday. Very good. Dara, I don't think you need to add anything to that, do you? She covered everything. I was going to say, she was spot on for that one, too. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, if either one of you will share and tell us about, and this is the moment that I was looking forward to additionally, aside of what we've been talking about so far, the recruiting process, particularly for someone who may be interested in becoming a firefighter or joining the fire department. Yes. Yeah, so for our recruiting process and to um, what Folks, what we do, we open up the application period during a certain time. Uh, but any time during the year, what we like to uh, let folks know that you can go to our city website at the cityofws.org and go to the fire department. And there is a guideline there that will give them step by step how to fill out an interest card. They alert them when our application period opens. Once that happens, when our application period opens, they will get a phone call or an email, uh, however they chose for our human resources to reach out to them. We'll uh, have a written test that they will do online. Okay. If they meet the criteria of that written test, they'll move on to the next step, which is our ability test, which is the physical piece of it. Right. If they're successful there, then they will get an interview with a panel of about four um of our uh, chiefs in our department, uh, we have a. We also add uh, firefighters and engineers. We're trying to have a pretty diverse panel to interview, and then at that point, then if they're chosen, they will start a recruit class that lasts for six months, mm-hmm. and they will be given the foundation from the beginning to the end of what you have to know and what you have to do as far as performance uh, to be a firefighter um, in our department. Excellent. Anything additionally to add to that, Daryl? She was spot on. I just like to reiterate that you don't have to have prior fire experience or medical training to become a firefighter. I think right now we're we're hiring as young as 18. Okay. And as long as you have a a GED or high school diploma at a minimum, you, you, you are an eligible candidate. You do need to be uh, physically fit mm-hmm. and um, be able to, you know, have decent study skills so you can test and, and, and be certified in the uh, di- different disciplines uh, uh, of the fire service. Exactly, because I was thinking, Daryl and Sharice, when you talk about 
the job in itself when we talk about the physical ability and the importance of having that because obviously with your personnel, particularly those who are in the field, or as you mentioned earlier, boots on the ground, when you think about the equipment that a typical fire person has to wear when addressing either a house fire or wherever the blaze may be taking place, uh, that's a lot of equipment to, to take or to have or carry on the back at one time. So the, the being in good physical sh- shape definitely helps. Right. That, that equipment that we wear for mm-hmm. structural firefighting averages from 55 to 60 pounds. Uh, wow. So, you, you know, we're working in extreme uh, environments. You know, we work winter, summer, and, you know. Exactly. And, you know, I, th- I thank you for, for saying that because I'm thinking getting back to where we are seasonally with this being the summer season. And typically, you know, weather in North Carolina, it's it's all up and down the temperature scale. But when you factor in heat and humidity on top of actually having to to put out a fire, that's additional heat that your personnel go through on on a on a particular basis. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, we um, encourage our personnel to start hydrating the, the shift before mm-hmm. and hydrating throughout the shift. Uh, we, we we have measures in place where you know we we have uh, rehab uh, capabilities, so we're cycling Excellent. multiple personnel out to reduce the exposure to in, in individuals for a long period of time. Wonderful, and Daryl and Sharice, let me also ask you this too: getting back to or continuing with the recruiting process, is there a particular group that you are? And I don't want to necessarily use the word targeting, but a particular group that you are really in need of. And I say that because with you, Sharice, and your uh, unique and wonderful position as also being the battalion chief and, and one of the first African-American women, are you stressing the need for more females to apply, for more persons of color to apply? Is there one group in particular? Of course, everyone's welcome. We want to stress that. But is there one group in particular that you're hoping that will take an interest in wanting to become a firefighter? Yes, of course, our motto is is that we want people that is the right fit for Winston-Salem Fire Department. They may be the, someone may be the right fit for Greensboro, High Point, Mm -hmm. Charlotte, but may not be the right fit for Winston-Salem. So one, that's our number one goal is to try to find the right fit for Winston-Salem. And you're exactly right. For me and others, it is intentional that we recruit underrepresented groups yes. for the fire service. Um, nationally, internationally, I am an advocate uh, to speak on and talk about underrepresented people to be in this profession because it is such an awesome profession. But okay. people don't realize, mm-hmm. one that looks like me, that they can do this job. So we have to be intentional. We have to go where African-American females are and Mm -hmm. also where African-American females are that we deem can mentally and physically do this job and also just females. Absolutely. Um, So, and and that piece of it is we, we go to, we're looking for personal trainers, People, fitness instructors, we're in the gyms, we're in the Ys, just just looking and absolutely been intentional. We do have a group, a small group of Hispanic firefighters, very dynamic. And, uh, you know, that community just are in awe of those folks also. 
because they don't see themselves as officials. They they kind of shy away from a badge or official. So Very true. to have those group of Hispanic firefighters in our department is so important because that's who's in our community. We have, uh, of course, a large group of Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. So we need someone for them to be able to identify with as we respond and be able to communicate with with that. And then, of course, our black males. Um, We also need African-American males in our department because the fire service in itself and Winston is no different Mm -hmm. that it is dominated with white males um, as far as the fire service. And that is a goal of ours to continue to try to reflect our community, uh, which means that we have to put more people Mm -hmm. that look like our community on these trucks. Absolutely. Um, apparatuses and also our goal is to have that underrepresented group in all levels of ranks you know Mm -hmm. we need more fire chiefs from that group we need more division chiefs so yes that that is a definitely a um a foot forward all the time in working on those particular issues and things and conversations Wonderfully said, Ms. Sharice, because two things uh, come to my mind. One, yes, we have such a beautiful, diverse representation that needs to be, like you say, represented in many of our communities that are underrepresented in those particular groups of persons that you're looking for to join the fire department. Secondly, thank you so much for shining such a beautiful spotlight on a city such as Winston-Salem. I have lived here for over 35 years and having moved to North Carolina as a young individual and really spending a lot of my formative and even my adult years in this city, I have come to appreciate and really love a lot of things about Winston-Salem. It's such a rich and diverse history of the city. That for those, whether they're born and raised here or have lived in the area for an extended period of time, such as myself, it's like every day I'm discovering something new about the Twin Cities. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Now, are both of you originally from Winston-Salem or you've lived in the area for for quite some time? We were both born and raised in Winston-Salem. Absolutely. So I got two from Detroit forward presenting. I love it. I love love it. (laughs) Wonderful. Now, one final question. Goodness, time always goes by when you're in great conversation, as I am with you, Daryl and Sharice. Is there a major difference between a volunteer firefighter and one who actually works for the city? So that's a (laughs) that's a very interesting question. So at the at the end result or the end of the day, Mm -hmm. what I can say that our volunteers are our also our city firefighters. Gotcha. Now let me separate that sure. at the be from the uh, beginning piece is that the fire service is deeply rooted and kind of started with volunteer firefighters and North Carolina in particularly mm-hmm. is still leading the charge in the number of volunteer firefighters. Wonderful. So volunteer yeah, volunteer firefighters come from that rural area, right. which that's how it originally started, that the majority of those those folks or people are white. You know, they're Caucasians, mm-hmm. and, of course, majority are males because of the what that job entails and right. how physical it can be. Mm-hmm. So 
with the bin rule, they they and being a volunteer, that means that you don't you're not at the fire station all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do your other jobs, and then you respond to. Uh, they have a lot of areas to cover with uh, the where the water supply. Is, is not as frequent or there or accessible. So, and when you talk about the city, we are an urban um, department, very dense community where lots of people are in a small area. So we do have access to what we called a huge water supply. And so then we, of course, have lots of fire stations here in Winston. We are fortunate to have that. But the training piece mm-hmm. is is different as in the opportunities. Let me say that. Exactly. The volunteer fire department has a little more of an opportunity at a earlier age yeah. to have accessible to them, if they thought about being a firefighter, the tools, the equipment, and access, where the career, that group doesn't have that. It's not as accessible. And that's why we do have the recruit classes um, to give that information to our community colleges have degrees, mm-hmm. that, you know, the fire, uh, fire science degree um, that people can go and have and um, do that to uh, be more familiar with a, a degree as far as a, then a becoming a firefighter and having that. So I would say the difference in those, I think, is the access to knowing what being a firefighter is about sooner than later. Well, thank you, Cherie, so much for that breakdown. I've often wondered that, and now I went to the expert to get the answer I needed, so I thank you for that. And I thank you both. I just wish we had more time. So with that said, as members of our community-focused family, you fam now, so the door is always open for you both to return on the program especially if we get another opportunity to talk more about the recruiting process. I would love to have that opportunity. So Daryl and Sharice, again, welcome to the Community Focus family. Thank you, Renee. Can I just make one little little comment? Sure. Uh, as fire chiefs, we would be remiss not to address the 4th of July mm-hmm. and uh, firework safety. Yes. Uh, and due to the COVID situation, most public firework displays have been canceled because of the social distancing. That's uh, correct. Yes. And COVID. So we're thinking that because of that, there are going to be more people buying fireworks to do at home. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I've already seen the tents up in, in a lot of area uh, shopping centers, you know, the major retail stores. You're right. So we just want to remind folks to never allow young children to play with fireworks or at night fireworks. Absolutely. Not even sparks. Uh, absolutely. Never try to relight or pick up fireworks that have not fully ignited. So if it's a dud, leave it alone. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could go off later and, and cause injury. Uh, okay. Never point or throw fireworks at, other, at another person. And when you do light them, uh, you know, move back quickly. And always keep a bucket or um, a charged water hose around just in case something, uh, you know, goes wrong. Excellent tips. Thank you so much, Daryl, for that reminder. And we got it in, Tom. I appreciate you, my brother, for that. <laughs> Now, in closing, I think the three of us have a mutual friend in common. I just wanted to say, will you please pass along 
to one Rodney Cooper that Renee Vaughn said hello. Rodney is a classmate of mine, Sharice. He knows me by another name, but I'll get into that story. We'll have to have that chat off air. But anyway, <laughs> please let Rodney know. <laughs> he may be around somewhere. He, he, he works in our office suite. Oh, okay. So you will have direct access to him. Wonderful. Well, please pass along my hellos. <laughs> Yes, I will do. Will do. And thank you very much. Sharice Moore and Daryl Sawyer, Division Chiefs with the Winston-Salem Fire Department. Again, thank you so much both for what you do in our communities. And please stay safe and keep up the great work. Yes, thank you for having us. You're so welcome. And thank you, Radio Family, for the wonderful things you do in our communities as well. Continue to be safe, whether it's a holiday or not. We want to emphasize that in these COVID-19 times as we bring to a conclusion another great conversation here on the weekend edition of Community Focus. So indeed, until that next time, do take care, stay safe, and we will talk again soon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.